getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. At Golden Harvest, our best skill is knowing how to listen. From our Gold Series soybean and game-changing corn portfolios to our expert insights housed in the Illuminate Digital Agronomy Platform, everything we offer is an answer to what we've heard from you. This is how we listen. Copyright 2021 Syngenta. The trademarks or service marks used herein are the property of a Syngenta Group company. All other trademarks are the property of their respective owners. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're live. We'll let the stream breathe here just for a second or two. Make sure it's nice and stable. We're missing one of our platforms and we will until May 1st, but... We still got to make sure it's nice and stable and solid for YouTube, for Twitch, and for Periscope. Welcome in, everybody. It's the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him, you love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, we've had a solid day to let the 2020 draft class for the Denver Broncos kind of settle in work out our hormones on each and every pick. Yeah. How are you feeling? Don't don't necessarily give me a grade right now. We'll get into it here later in the show, but how are you feeling overall about – actually, let me just put it to you this way. Did the Broncos get better this weekend? Yes, but I don't think they got as good as a lot of the national outlets are saying they did. I mean, they, they did well in this draft class. Chad. Elway is definitely getting in the hang of who to look for, which players to target. He did The best thing he could have done, which he did, was build around Drew Locke. So as long as he did that, I'm happy. But some of their mid-round picks, some of the directions they went with doubling up and tripling up, as the case may be, I wasn't crazy about. But overall, they did get better, and they should add a few more wins in the win column for 2020. So Mile High Huddle has not published our roundtable of overall grades. We we did a roundtable grade on uh, day one, day two, and day three. And then later on tonight, after this podcast airs, um, I'll get on the the admin and publish the roundtable for so you can so you can see the what each analyst, how they grade, how we each graded the the class overall. So, but tonight, Zach and I will give you a little. We'll give you a little uh, sneak peek at what our respective grades are. And I echo Zach that it's probably not necessarily what you're going to want to hear in terms of it being us thinking it's a plus across the board, but we'll explain why we're thinking. And also we'll explain how we remain completely open to the possibility that this could end up being very well right. an a plus class uh, when it is judged through the lens of history down the road. And of course that's how long, I mean, Everything looks good on paper. I should say everything looks better on paper, right, Zach? And just like we say about the about the free agency periods in the NFL, you know, games are not won based on who won free agency. Games are not won based on who, you know, was lauded to <clears throat> win the draft. 
you got it's got to come out in the wash. So it's going to be really fun to see how it all shakes out. But I do believe this team did get better. They got a lot better this weekend. And again, the message was sent loud and clear by John Elway. Many messages, but really boiling it down is we're all in on Drew Locke and we're going to give this dude every possible tool to succeed. I mean, Elway's laying the groundwork to give Locke every opportunity to be 2020's version of, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, two second year quantum leaps forward. And Elway came out after the fact, Chad, and admitted that much. He said, this draft, we talked to Drew after every pick. We got Drew Locke's input on the tight end, the Albert O that they picked. So this was the Drew Locke draft, and that's so encouraging that Elway followed through with that. Just a few months ago, he was kind of wavy on naming Drew Locke the franchise quarterback, but this draft cements him as that for at least 2020. You can nitpick, though. They didn't take a tackle. They didn't invest in a safety. Uh, they doubled up at wide receiver, you can argue, a little too soon. But overall, yeah, they did get better. The roster looks good. And on paper, Chad, this has the potential to be the best Broncos offense we've seen since probably 2013 with Peyton Manning. Agreed. Guys, we're going to dive into it here in just a second. First, we want to get some business out of the way. Just a couple of reminders. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. That is simply the best way for you to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. We want to welcome in also all of our new subscribers and all of our new listeners on Apple Podcasts. This last weekend, you guys made our NFL draft streams Thursday, Friday, and Saturday a monumental success for our uh, website and for our channel. I ran the numbers over two years of minutes, human minutes. All right, I guess minutes are it's not uh, based on human perception, but nevertheless, that's a that's a deep dive right there. But nevertheless, two years worth of time people watched on that stream over the last uh, three days. So really cool. You guys responded with a massive bang and we really appreciate you. And we, we want to say hello and welcome in to those of you who are new to the manger as it were. Also make sure you're following the main account at mile high huddle. That's where you get your breaking Broncos news and analysis as it is unfolding in real time. And then we want to give you a gentle reminder. It exists based on your popular demand. But head on over to huddleuppod.com and get your swag on. We got hats like this. We got a hat and a shirt at least for every podcast. There's three podcasts that we're publishing right now, and there's a little something for everybody, male, female. It'll knock your socks off. Go get something. It's a simple way to, to support the channel, to support what we're doing here at MHH. And then, you know what? If you don't want to do any of those things, that's okay. Make sure you like this video before you head on out. Another simple, organic way to help support the show. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, 
impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, Zach, let's grab this quick super from Bronx legend. Jumping in, $5 super chat. We thank you, my friend. He says, just want to give the whole MHH uh, props for all that you do. Keep doing it, big guys. Hashtag state of being. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Very cool. We appreciate that, my friend. Um, Zach, let's – let me just make sure I'm not missing something here, and then we'll dive into our – and by the way, welcome in to those hanging out in the stream. Buana, Brian, Stu, DBU, Chris – and that's a different stew, by the way. Stony, Alicia, good to see you. Welcome in. I'm just up. Uh, and then our regular stew. What's up, brother? Good to see you, Stu McPeak, in the house. All right. So let's uh, let's dial it back really quick, and let's first and foremost go through the entire class really quick. Okay. And all I want to know as I read these names to you is. Your gut reaction as each pick came in, what you what you feel about it, yeah, uh, and then we'll we'll reveal our overall grade. So first and foremost, Jerry Judy was the first round pick. The Broncos did not trade up. In fact, they didn't trade at any point in this class, which I think is the first time ever for John Elway throughout a draft. He didn't trade. He didn't move back. He didn't move up. Made all ten selections and then signed seven college free agents after the draft. We can go through those tonight too, but. Contrary to some of the rumors and buzz, he explored the option of moving up, ultimately chose to let the board fall to him. Jerry Judy, what was your immediate reaction? Predictable, anticlimactic, not surprising. They telegraphed that move for a while, Chad. I think even if Ruggs was on the board, they had their pick of the three, it would have been Jerry Judy. He's a great player. I I love the fact, like I said, all these pause before the draft, Chad. It doesn't matter which wide receiver it was so long as they get one. He's going to be Drew Locke's weapon for years to come. And like I mentioned, the devotion to Drew Locke was the most important thing. It had to be wide receiver in that spot, so I'm just glad that it was. Yeah, I mean – Jerry Judy, we had been telling you for a couple of weeks. I mean, we each had our, you know, our wish list for what the Broncos would ultimately do in the first round. But we've been telling you guys that even though the hype train was all on Henry Ruggs, what we had been hearing is that it was going to be Jerry Judy, that the Broncos, the true apple of John Elway's eye was Jerry Judy. And then that report came out from Woody Page, I think it was Sunday, leading up to the draft, so a week ago today. Uh, basically calling the shot. And when Woody Page calls the shot, you really <laughs> do have to pay attention because yeah. his sources literally are the very top of the organization. So I was unsurprised that the pick was Jerry Judy. I'll tell you that I was surprised, Zach, that Jerry Judy fell to pick 15. Yeah. At the end of the day, I really thought that the hype on Henry Ruggs would fizzle a little bit and that the you know the wide receiver pecking order, as it were, would shake out a little bit closer to the way it began, the 2020 offseason before the combine. But no, Ruggs went to the Raiders, and the Broncos got Jerry Judy, and I was happy with that. As you guys know, I would have preferred the Broncos do something else in the first round just because it was such a deep class as evidenced by the three picks they made at wide receiver. This is a deep wide receiver class, but nevertheless, if they, as I've been telling you guys since this, you know, since we started talking draft, if the pick ultimately ends up being one of the big three wide receivers, I'm going to be okay with that, and I am. And I think of the three, you guys know CeeDee Lamb was my – favorite wide receiver in this class, 
Broncos had a chance at him. They chose Jerry Judy. And Jerry Judy, I think, is – I mean, he's legit, Zach. This is a guy that is the most proficient route runner, playmaker. He's fast enough. And when he gets right. the ball in his hands, he can – it's underrated in terms of what people talk about when you think of Jerry Judy. But he can make guys miss and, and do a lot for you in the open field. So as a compliment to Cortland Sutton, with, with the exception of one guy, in my opinion, I'm not sure the Broncos could have done any better. I feel like once Henry Ruggs ran that 40 at the combine and became the wide receiver one, he was destined to end up with Oakland. They love their speedy yeah, wide receivers. They sure. love that that type of uh, wide receiver. But yeah, Judy falling to the Broncos is very fortuitous and a big part of the reason why all these analysts are giving the Broncos a, a solid grade, and rightfully so, is the value they got throughout the draft, Chad. Prospects fell into the Broncos' lap, and sometimes it really is better to be lucky than good. And the Broncos were both in this draft. So Judy at 15, no capital spent. You have a long-term number two. In fact, maybe a number one to pair with your number one in Cortland Sutton. Perfect route runner. I think Amari Cooper souped up a little bit opposite Cortland Sutton. Noah fan. Uh, it's going to be an exciting offense, Chad. So I'm good with the Judy pick. All right. Next up, this is where things really kind of, I don't want, when I say go off the rails or went off the rails, I don't mean that necessarily in a, in a negative way. John Elway defied a lot of expectations when he took KJ Hamler at pick yes. 46 in the second round. And, you know, this was a guy that, you know, nobody realized during the combine that pro days were going to eventually be shut down and all that stuff because of that subject, which will go unnamed. But we all know what we're still dealing with here at the uh, end of April. So he didn't run at the combine. His unofficial speed is a 427. It hasn't, you know, he again, without it being officially tested, even at a pro day, you'd like to be able to at least hang your hat on something. But the purported speed of KJ Hamler is what really attracted the Broncos here. And I mean, it's solid. I I expected him to be a day two pick early day two pick a round two pick just based on everything I've read. But after drafting a stud like Jerry Judy, I mean, you can go back in time, Zach, I don't have the, uh, the exact figures in front of me or the exact historical precedents, but there's not a lot of positive. um, What's a good word evidence of, highly drafted wide receivers going like that back to back, both of them panning out. Right. So hopefully, you know, there's an exception to every rule and I hope this is it at worst. I think he's going to be an explosive slot option for this team that really can stretch the field yeah. and, you know, force defenses to basically pick their poison. And he could end up being a stud on the same level as Jerry Judy. It's just and kind of everything in between. I didn't love that the Broncos went wide receiver back to back, but just because some of the other names that were on the board at this point, Zach. So this is the first pick where I was kind of, I felt a little bit dejected when they made the pick, not because I hate the pick or I don't think the player is good. I just felt like there were better strategies uh, in uh, the second round. But what was your reaction? We're in lockstep with that for sure. I like the Broncos want to add speed to the offense. They've been wanting to add juice for years now, but this pick just feels like they're chasing the Chiefs. They want to be Kansas City 2.0, and that's what I didn't want from Denver. You cannot be the next Chiefs. Be your own Broncos. Be your own identity. Be your own team. I get why Elway did it, but they had bigger needs, Chad. They could have drafted Jeremy Chin, could have drafted a better cornerback. Um, I wouldn't have went wide receiver at the second pick back-to-back, but you know you can't hate on having more weapons for Locke. There's no such thing as having too many weapons on offense or too much speed. But if he helps on specials at least, helps in the slot, I can, I can, uh, I can live with it. It's a B-minus for me, this individual pick. Next up, another, 
I think in the draft community, you know, the real draft Knicks were not surprised by this pick, but a lot of fans were when the Broncos took Michael Ojemudia, the corner from Iowa, at pick 77. I think he just wasn't a name that a lot of fans were familiar with. Now, this is a pick that I didn't love on its surface, but this is one, Zach, that over the last day and a half, two days, as I've done my own research, talked to people, gotten more familiar with him as a prospect. In retrospect, I feel a lot better about this pick than I did in the moment when it was made. But what was your gut reaction? I didn't like it. I feel like this they reach this time when they reached for Langley or Yadam, and um, he had a fourth to fifth round grade. So a guy that could have gotten a later round probably would have fell to them. I think uh, he, he's a good scheme fit, a good on-paper fit, but this was another player where I didn't think would be picked in that slot. They could have went with somebody else. So um, it has the potential to be an A pick. It has the potential to be an F pick, but history says the Broncos don't have good luck with third-round cornerbacks. If it works out, great, but this is where Fangio has to earn his money, Chad. Let me put a pin in it just for a second and grab a couple super chats that are stacking up. We really appreciate your guys' support. Uh, JP jumping in with a $2 super. Thank you, JP. Very cool profile pick that you got there as a fellow drummer. Love the Judy pick, but was hoping for a corner in the second round. Yeah, I mean, and there were some legit options. I mean, not just a corner, but safety, uh, linebacker. I mean, there were some options there, and we'll get through the entire depth of this class the Broncos brought in. But, but yeah, a solid, solid pick there from Judy. Uh, Gerton 10 jumping in, $5 super. Thank, Thank you very much, my friend. What is a realistic points per game expectation this year? Love this draft class. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Awesome. And, you know, what's really cool about this, Zach, is that I think the fans in Broncos country are feeling, for the most part, it's not maybe universal, but for the most part, fans, I think, are getting a little bit of a lift from this. They're they're feeling even more optimistic about 2020. But what's your answer for Gurton? Uh, yeah, I mean, it has the potential, like I said, to me, the best offensive line. We'll talk about Cushenberry in a second, Chad. Best offensive line they've had in years. I think the best overall offense they've had since 2013. The sky is the limit, and if Drew Locke takes that next step, they've surrounded himself with enough talent and supporting cast to be successful. If Locke falls on his face this year, Chad, it's not because the Broncos didn't help him out. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Yeah, I mean, from a points per game perspective, all I know is, as Elway talks about, 
often. 17 points per game just does not cut the mustard in today's NFL. And I think that with these new additions, you got Pat Shermer, you got Mike Shula coming in, you got Locke hopefully taking that year two leap. I think the mid-20s, it's not too much to ask. Basically stack one touchdown more per game on top of what they finished last year. And I think that's a fair expectation, especially coming out of this draft where they added so many impact players that, or could be impact players. Uh, let me just check something here. Want to grab Josh who, uh, first off Mike though, $5 super. Thank you, Thank Mike. you Mike says, will we add any free agent vets? There are still a few folks out there like Prince of Mukamara. Why don't you Zach drop that knowledge on him that we talked about right before we went live, what you heard from, I think it was Woody page. Yeah, the Broncos are looking to pick up another tackle. Not so much. A, I haven't heard anything about a cornerback, Prince of Mukamara. We can pretty much write that off. I think that ship has sailed, and for a while now, I don't think Prince is coming to Denver. But the Broncos are on the hunt for a veteran offensive tackle. According to Woody Page, it could be someone like Hordy Glenn. It could be someone like Jason Peters, who I've been pounding the table for for months now on a one-year deal. He's 38, but still plays at a high level, just as insurance behind Bowles and James. They have to do it. They did not draft one for a reason. They can talk what they want. They still need depth. So I would look for the Broncos to pick up a tackle on the open market. Let's grab Josh here with the $2 super. Appreciate you, Thank my you, friend. Josh. Maybe not flashy, but Iowa defenders don't bust. Hey, man, I I honestly hope that Ojemudia is the guy that breaks the cycle, as it were, for, for John Elway's recent – I don't want to call Isaac Yadam a, a complete whiff yet. He's still There's still time for him to turn the ship around, but Brendan Langley in 2017, then Yadam in 2018. Justin Simmons is a safety. He was a third-round pick. That's his kind of shining success story of third-round defensive backs. But, I mean, talking to guys like Nick, who is intimately familiar with OG Moody as a big Iowa guy, he I'm optimistic that he could be the guy that kind of breaks that streak, Zach. It could be. This is, again, where Fangio and Ed Donatel are going to earn their bones, and if they can make him a formidable cornerback and you make Isaac Yadam the fifth guy on the depth chart, I'm all for it. All right, let's grab one of our Super Chat superstars, Jeff C. The stream passed you up, so I'm doing one of these, my friend. Appreciate that Appreciate $5 that. super. He says, hey, emphasize speed in the draft. Drafted a track team. They didn't draft an offensive tackle. Do you see a lot of points being scored now? Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Hashtag state of being. Yeah, like I said, man, I think it's it's a solid touchdown more it would be fair. And, it, I mean, you see how even the, the imperfect defense that was in 2019 from this team got better as the year progressed, as we know, even though it was without the Bradley Chubbs and Bryce Callahan's and whatnot. If you keep a team between 17 to 20 points per game, which is about the pocket Vic Vangio's defense for the most part, was able to stay in last year – and you're scoring in the mid-20s, that's going to stack up m- probably more wins than losses by by a solid margin, Zach. Yeah. Uh, them not taking a tackle isn't going to prevent them from not scoring as many points. They already have two starting tackles in Bowles and James. The problem with that is they're one bad snap away from me replacing Garrett Bowles or Juwan James. They have to pick up a backup, and preferably a guy with experience who can come in and step in and would be an upgrade, Jason Peters, on a Garrett Bowles or on a Juwan James. But... Uh, with the players they picked, the Jerry Judys, the Albert O's, the, the Hamlers, they're going to put more points on the scoreboard. I'd be surprised if they weren't averaging 25, 26 points per game if Locke takes that next step. Jake jumping in, one of our Super Chat superstars. Really you, appreciate Jake. that $5 Super Jake. 
I feel like we left a lot on the table and kind of surprised we didn't trade for another day two pick, but I get it. The players we got fit the scheme. And that's one thing, like some of the defensive players, we'll talk more about them here in just a few minutes, but not a lot of guys in the moment, a lot of fans weren't too psyched and stoked about him per se. But the takeaway that everyone's got to remember is, I mean, he's the head coach, so you could say the Broncos are his baby. But the defense is Vic Fangio's baby. There's a reason why they hired a two-time head coach to run the offense. Fangio wants that to – he doesn't want to have to worry about that. He wants to be able to focus on his baby, and that's the defense. So you can believe that if John Elway, with the advice of Matt Russell and uh, A.J. Durso and everybody in that that front office, before they tender that pick on a defensive prospect, Zach, Fangio rubber stamps it. So, So Fangio likes these guys as a fit for his scheme. And this is where Elway has gotten better as a drafter. He's not relying so much on project players or upside or potential. He's banking on, uh, you know, impact players, experienced players, guys who've been there and done that, and guys who fit the scheme, not necessarily the other way around. That's where he's improved the last three draft classes. And if Vic wants them, Vic's going to get them. He can mold these players as he showed last year. So Elway has no reason not to believe him or give in to his demands, so to speak. We got to grab Christy here jumping in. From the top rope, way up high, in fact, from Mount MHH, Mount Rushmore. We appreciate you, Christy. And honestly, Zach and I can say as well that we appreciate you supporting the podcast and the streams, even when we are not on them. And you're part of the the chat and you're part of the stream and you're super chatting. And it just means a lot to us. And we definitely appreciate that uh, all of all of your contributions to MHH, Christy. And we we love you back. The queen of my lie huddle chat in the huddle up podcast. There you go. All right. I know there are a few other supers that are stacking and we're going to get them. I promise you, but let me first get back for a second here. Let's, let's mow through these as kind of maybe a little bit more rapid fire. Cause we don't want to leave the, the superstars on the back burner. Lloyd Cushenberry at pick mm. 83 was ridiculous value. And this was the first time in this class where I literally kind of jumped for joy. I was yeah. like, Whoa, now we're cooking with grease. This is a phenomenal pick. I mean, we're talking about a player that was, you know, fringe first rounder. A lot of mocks had him in the first round. And nobody I've talked to has a really good explanation why he dropped to pick 83. But bottom line, Zach, is the football gods opened up a window in heaven, poured the Broncos out a blessing, and all you got to do is just say thank you, please. The Broncos got that good kush, Chad. I've been waiting months to say that, and I'm so, so happy. This is up there at Cortland Sutton at 40 for me, at Drew Locke at 42 for me. This was a hell of a pick, hell of a value, getting a day one starter, your center of the future, your quarterback off the offensive line. This is an easy A++++ for me. Love this pick. One of my favorite of the Elway regime. Pick 95. This was another one of Denver's picks that kind of threw a few people for a loop. McTelvin Ajim, defensive lineman from Arkansas. This is a guy similar to the OJ Moody pick, Zach, where in the moment, I got to be honest with you, I was hoping for a few other guys, a few other options, including ADG, Akeem right. Davis-Gaither, who went. We'll talk about that here in just a few minutes. But um, that's what I was hoping for. But based on the research I've done, studying into him, talking to guys, checking out some of his film – He's a sneaky pick. He's a guy, again, I go back to the expertise of Vic Fangio, and I think, you know what, as a guy who, you know, basically found and and developed, drafted and developed a guy like Akeem Hicks, when Vic Fangio rubber stamps a defensive lineman on day two, you got to take some, 
you got to respect that. Similar to what we saw from Draymond Jones last year, you know, he didn't make an impact initially out of the gates. He was, you know, backup rotational pass rusher on third down. But down the stretch, when the some of the injuries started stacking up, he came through big time for this team. And I think you, that could be a similar path for McTelvin G. Maybe not a starter in 2020. In fact, dang good chance he's not a starter in 2020. But in 2021 and beyond, this is a guy that I think most Broncos fans are going to be excited that he's on the roster. Yeah, this is a C for me right now, maybe a C plus, but it has a potential to be a high B plus or an A minus. Uh, you just look at the Broncos' track record, though, of drafting defensive linemen. Uh, Adam Gotsis, Sylvester Williams, um, who am I forgetting? Demarcus Walker, Walker uh, even Draymond Jones last year. A lot of project players. So that and cornerbacks, the Broncos haven't really had a lot of success with. I'm willing to give Vic Fangio the seal of of approval or give him the benefit of the doubt that he can get the most out of Vigime, but. I would have went inside linebacker here. I would have went with another player before I, I drafted a project who won't start or contribute that much this season. Let me just set the stage for pick 118. We'll just call him Albert. Oh, I don't want to butcher his name, make a mockery of it. This was this one was a perfect example, Zach, of, hey, I don't love the pick, and it has absolutely nothing to do with the player. Tight end at pick yeah. uh, 118, round four, Albert O., Look, he runs a faster 40 time than Noah Fant. I get why any team would be interested in a seam buster like Albert O, but considering the names that were still on the board and considering the fact that tight end is a log jam for this team before Albert O was drafted, I just didn't love this pick. And I'm not going to lie to you, Broncos country, and it has nothing to do with the player. He's a fine player, and you got to love the history with Drew Locke and the chemistry that already exists between those two and the speed and athleticism. And I mean, he could end up being a bona fide stud. This could be the Aaron Hernandez to the Rob Gronkowski Mm -hmm. of the Denver Broncos. And I mean that in a positive way. Minus the off field stuff. I just, again, I'm just giving it to you guys straight. That's how I felt in the moment. And even now a couple days removed, I'm still kind of scratching my head going, how is this tight end depth chart going to really take shape? But what was your gut reaction to Alberto? I'm with you on that. I, I kind of scratch my head, and uh, I, I like the Broncos are appeasing Drew Locke, but this is where I feel they're overcompensating and trying to be too much like the Kansas City Chiefs, who's having too many weapons. And knowing you have a coordinator like Pat Shermer, who traditionally and historically only uses one tight end at most in his scheme, why would you splurge on another one so early when you use a first-rounder on Noah Fant, you sign Nick Vanette, you have Jake Butt, you have Jeff Hireman, you have Austin Fort, you have Andrew Beck, you are lo- Fumagalli, you are loaded at tight end, why would you take one so soon? Though I will say, if this finally forces Hireman off the roster, I will give it an A. But for me right now, it's a C-. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. 
Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right. Well, mosey through the rest of these picks, and then we'll get back to Super Chat. Round six, pick 181. The Broncos took one of the biggest boomer bust prospects in this class in Natani Muti, the interior the guard, offensive guard out of Fresno State. I don't know how anyone could hate on this pick unless you were just 100% minimizing any adverse risk when in the draft, which is impossible to do. Sometimes you got to take a chance. Now, for the Broncos on injured guys, taking a chance on, you know, day two, early day two caliber talents who fall into the late rounds like Jake Butt, for example. So far, the Broncos haven't been able to really get the payoff. Hopefully that changes with Natani Muti, who, I mean, if you listen to like pro football focus, who, you know, a lot of times what they have to say is, is legit. This is the best offensive guard, true offensive guard in this draft, but he fell, Zach, because two straight years he got hurt, serious injuries. He's had two Achilles injuries. Yeah. And he had a Liz Frank last year. So Ouch. if you throw those two things out the out the window, he's apparently mostly healthy now. But if you throw those concerns out the window, phenomenal, phenomenal guard who you're asking yourself, like, how does he fit in? Because you've got Glasgow and you got Reisner and Cushenberry is going to be your center. Those are problems the Broncos, first world type of offensive line problems that the Broncos will worry about down the road and let the chips fall. But I really like this pick because they were able to get him in the sixth round. I don't know how you could really poo-poo this pick. I I, t- I can and I don't. I, I love the value here. And uh, the Broncos and their injured offensive linemen, they love taking chances, guys who have injury histories. And I would overlook two injuries on one player, but it's two of the most severe ones you can have in football chat, a Liz Frank and Achilles. I hope he comes back. This, for me, is a B right now. This can be an easy A-plus if he stays healthy. He's a mauling type of blocker. He's very violent. He's in a devastate in the run game. If he can just avoid the trainer's table, the Broncos have a future starter at guard. Love this pick. The next pick at 252 in the seventh round threw me for a loop, to be honest with you, for a lot of reasons. A, the Broncos had already drafted two wide receivers, and B, Tyree Cleveland out of Florida. You know, he's, if you look at his mock draftable stats, for example, this is a guy that can jump out of the gym. He, he tested at the combine amongst the elite athletes, okay? And that's all good, but he was never able to translate that athleticism into on field production of Florida. So as a seventh round flyer, it makes a lot of sense if you didn't just draft two wide receivers and if you didn't draft a wide receiver last year and if you didn't draft two wide receivers the year (laughs) before that. I'm just thinking to myself, where is this dude going to fit in? How is he going to fit in? You know, seventh round, so 
what kind of options are really there for you? You're taking shots, you're taking flyers. I get that, but it just feels like, and again, I remain open to the possibility that Tyree Cleveland three years from now can completely prove this take wrong. This feels like to me a bit of a wasted pick. Yeah. This reminds me a lot of the David Williams pick from a few years ago. They just didn't yeah. need a running back and they just took one to take one. Or it feels like the tight end pick, Albert O, they already had a bunch of tight ends. Why add another receiver to a crowded receiver room? What this says to me, though, Chad, three wide receivers in one draft class. Tim Patrick's on notice. Juwan Winfrey, Deshaun Hamilton, they're going to have to fight to keep their job on the roster. I think Patrick is safe, but Deshaun Hamilton, if I'm him, I'm biting my fingernails. Last pick, the Broncos took a... High upside, low risk edge rusher and Derek Tuzka. I think that's how you pronounce his last name out of North Dakota State as a, oh, what the heck? The draft's almost over kind of flyer. I don't think it could have gotten a whole heck of a lot better than this because he's such a rare athlete. I mean, again, similar to Cleveland, but just at a different position, this dude can jump out of the gym. And he tested phenomenally in all the explosive areas in terms of athletic testing at the combine. This is a guy, the Broncos have a lot of history finding diamonds in the rough in either late rounds or after the draft edge rushers that turn into something. And considering the fact that Justin Holland simply failed to launch last year, Malik Reed showed some flashes at times, but both of them clearly ran headlong into the rookie wall. They needed some depth here, someone to kind of help push the competition. Competition raises ships. I really liked this pick, Zach. I do too. He has a really good motor. He's a he's a gamer. He's everything you want in a Vic Fangio type prospect. And he can be that next Jeff Holland where he's a late round kind of flyer, an under the radar kind of guy who can come on board and contribute a few sacks. I, this isn't a B for me. It could be a B plus depending on how he contributes. I want to see what he can do in a Vic Fangio system. I, I do like this flyer though way more than the Cleveland one. All right. Last thing and then we'll render our grades and then get to super chat. Riley Neal. Here's the, here's the uh, college free agents the Broncos signed. Seven of them. Riley Neal, a limp-armed quarterback from Vanderbilt, basically a camp arm. I mean, that's all he is. They've got 39 wide receivers on the roster now, and they need someone to throw some footballs when when the cleats hit the grass. Then uh, Levante Bellamy, running back from Western Michigan. This was a guy that I know Eric Trickle was really high on in terms of – when I say high, I'm not saying, you know, day one pick, but he was a sneaky, good – running back prospect that uh, I think even a guy like Trickle would have been happy with in round six or seven. Broncos get him undrafted. Zamari Manning, wide receiver from Tarleton State. No one really knows a whole heck of a lot about this dude because he's from Tarleton State. (laughs) Uh, Douglas Coleman, uh, the third safety out of Texas Tech, instinctive, nose for the ball, ball hawk type guy that could push for that Will Parks role in the defense from last year. Hunter Watts, the offensive tackle from Central Arkansas. And talking to Eric, this is another prospect that not a lot is known about him. But if Mike Munchak wanted him in Denver, then, you know, that's that's a good sign. And then Kendall Hinton, the wide receiver from Wake Forest. And then here's, I think, the crown jewel of the of the college free agent class here for the Broncos, Zach. A saying Bassey from yep. Wake Forest, the corner. Let me just read to you guys, and then I'm going to serve this over to you, Zach. What Trickle wrote about uh, Bassey today, quote, A year ago, Bassey was talked about as a top corner in the 2020 class, but his tackling issues really hurt his stock overall. He might be better as a nickel, but his tackling has to improve. He's a ball hawk with great ball skills with 42 passes defensed and five interceptions over the last three years. So close quote. Zach, that's the uh, – I'll ask you this question, then we'll render our overall grades on the class. 
your thoughts on that free agent hall or, uh, you know, college free agent hall. There's always one, at least one undrafted guy who makes the Broncos roster every year. That's kind of Elway's, you know, crown jewel of the draft, the eighth round. I think Coleman can be that third safety, but I'm right there with you on Bassing. He's the best player they picked up. He could have been drafted easily. And considering the Broncos' lack of depth, relatively speaking, in the secondary at corner, he can push for that number five role, a special teams role. At the very least, I I think he will stick on the practice squad, but he can be something in the future. They haven't done really well developing cornerbacks in recent years, but this is a guy who has project written all over him and Vic Fangio written all over him as well. All right. Let's reveal our individual grades. This we, is a sneak preview. We did forget right. Stranod. Oh, we did. I jumped in. My bad. Let's yeah, yeah, let's cover that hate, real quick. A lot of hate in our comments for that. So that was um, fifth round. Broncos grabbed Justin Stranod, the slightly injured, but really close to being fully healthy linebacker, Wake Forest. 238 pounds, six foot three. How could I forget a guy like that? Fangio gets his athletic coverage linebacker. We're talking about, you know, he's not the fastest linebacker in the world, but he's one of those athletic, twitched up sideline to sideline guys. I like this pick a lot. I think most draft Knicks expected Sternod to go round four, maybe late round three. Broncos get him in round five. So this is one of those picks as well later in the draft that I don't know how you could poo poo. Yeah, I wanted ADG. I wanted Logan Wilson, but this is a great fallback plan. He wants to play inside linebacker. He has the the ability to run sideline to sideline, be that that final solution to covering tight ends. If he can stay healthy in a Vic Fangio scheme, this is an A minus pick for me. I like it a lot. Just the injury history. I hope it's behind them. But if it is, they have a good long term inside linebacker next to AJ Johnson. I think he's coming off a bicep, and you know if he if he stays healthy, he's he's a definite upgrade to that linebacker core might force a guy like Joe Jones off the roster probably puts Josh Watson out of business in terms of Denver but we'll see how it shakes out it's going to be fun to see how these depth chart competitions really do end up resolving later this summer all right let's reveal our individual grades for the entire class Zach I'll go first and then uh, we'll serve it over to you again I'm going to give this my my take is not as glowing as even you know we we hate on the national perspectives who seem during this uh, off season to be almost in constant disrespect and suspicion of what the Denver Broncos are doing, but they flip that that trope on its ear and it's been we can go through the grades of the national perspectives here. I just uploaded a video to YouTube. I don't know, an hour and a half ago. So a lot of you have probably already seen that, but we can go through those here in a minute, but they're almost universally as about as good as it gets for what the Broncos did yeah. in this draft. So I want to set the stage for that. My grades would be minus. And I remain open to the possibility again, that this could end up being the A plus uh, draft class that a lot of these, these outside perspectives believe that it is right now. If certain things fall a certain way, I can see it absolutely happening that way. But there were just too many points in this draft for me to give it an A type of grade where I was really scratching my head. I was just like, what in the heck is going on here? And again, most of the time, with only one or two exceptions, it actually had nothing to do with the player itself. It was a combination of factors, including, you know, like the tight end position, for example. You have a logjam already. It's a strength on your team, I think it's fair to say. And there were a lot of other players you basically had to say bye-bye to taking him at pick 118. So those type right. of considerations for me happened too many times in the draft to, to render it like a perfect grade, but a B minus grade is still really good. It's still really good. And I think the Broncos, again, the takeaway I want our listeners to have, at least for me is 
The Broncos did get better, and I'm really excited to see how this all impacts Drew Locke and the offense in 2020. That's really well said, Chad. I agree with a lot of your points. I'm going to give it a B plus, and if it was just Judy and Cushenberry alone, this gets an A for me. But what brought it down with the points that Chad mentioned, it wasn't necessarily the players. It was the positions they took and the spots they took them in. They could have went with different players. They didn't need to add so many wide receivers, especially doubling up in rounds one and two. They did not need another tight end. They just could have gone in different directions. But I'm overall happy. My biggest overarching theme was help Drew Locke. Protect your quarterback. They need another tackle, but get him a wide receiver, which they did. They got him three of them. I like that they approached the draft in that direction. I just would have made different picks in different spots. So B-plus for me has the potential, though, to be a solid A. I want to see these players kind of pan out first. All right, let's get to the super chat superstars that have been patiently waiting. We'll grab Derek jumping in with a $10 super. Thank, Thank you, Derek. Derek. Awesome. What do you guys think of Hunter Watts at six foot eight, 320 pounds, being the only tackle – acquired via the draft, post-draft, et cetera. Do you believe he has a solid chance to at least make the practice squad? Great job on the draft coverage. Thank Thank you, Derek. Um, I think it's a solid chance. I mean, you got Quinn Bailey's of the world. You got Jake Rogers of the world. You know, we'll see what he can do. I don't know much about this guy. I'm not going to lie to you and pretend like I know everything there is to know uh, about this kid, Hunter Watts. So I'll have to do a little bit more research on on Watts to give you a more educated answer. But, I mean, I don't think – pushing a guy like Quinn Bailey off the practice squad is asking too much for a guy who's just hitting the roster. Yeah, I mean, based on the the dearth of tackles the Broncos have on their 90-man roster, he has the potential to make the practice squad. But the Broncos are crazy if they think they're going into a season with Watts as the backup or Elijah Wilkinson as the backup. They have to pick up a veteran tackle now. They cannot wait any longer. Brian jumping in, one of our Super Chat superstars from the Thank you, Mount Brian. Rushmore of MHH. You know we appreciate you, my brother. $5 super, he says, thoughts or concerns on Judy's dry or strange personality? P.S. Sanderson, not as good of a host, LOL. Hey, Sanderson, you got to remember, first of all, I, I, I do disagree with you on Sanderson. Sanderson, I think, does a really good job. You know, you talk about Cortland Sutton trying to find the, the right compliment for Cortland Sutton. I think Sanderson is the right compliment for Eric Trickle and Dove Valley Deep yeah. Divers. But the one thing you got to keep in mind is, is uh, Lance is still very, very new to podcasting. So, Listen, it's not easy to just turn on a, a camera and a microphone in front of thousands of people and and speak eloquently off the top of your head, keep a conversation going. I mean, it, you're juggling a lot of things. And if you have no experience doing that, it takes a little time to to hone that skill. And I've been absolutely impressed with Sanderson. Yeah. So that's just for what it's worth. Let's grab uh, King. And thanks again, Brian. Let's grab King Hicks jumping in. $10 super. Thank one you, of sir. our superstars. Appreciate you, my friend. All of a sudden. Nobody will be able to hold court with Judge Judy in town. <laughs> Time to hit the Hamler. You can say it's all on lock. Lock, Sutton, Judy, and Hamler, the new four horsemen. Very well, well done, overload. my friend. Very well done. And uh, I don't think I could have said it better myself. Now, the talent and the nicknames on offense chatter are definitely uh, exciting. To Walter Drills, did y'all see ESPN asked who's the team in the AFC West to threaten Kansas City? Didn't even mention the Broncos as an AFC West team. This disrespect is insane. We're surprised. I mean, this is it's what they do. Yeah. Let them keep hating. I was replying to a tweet earlier today on tw- uh, the, the article we published and the video that is basically going through. The national perspective has surprisingly strong take on Broncos draft grades or whatever. Someone's like, surprisingly? Explain that to me. 
And so, well, <laughs> dude, have you missed what basically everyone except Colin Cowherd has been saying about the Broncos in twenty? You've been alive. Yeah. What do you? Where have you been, Doc? All right. Let's see uh, what else we got here. And we can go through some of those grades if we get some time. We'll go through them tonight here before we get out of here. George from the top rope, a true and bona fide super chat superstar. We really appreciate you, George. Thank you, George. It's awesome. In, in fact, I think with George, it's safe to say he's he's and our Mount Rushmore is big enough. I mean, it is the mile high huddle. Okay. And I think our Mount Rushmore is big enough to include a lot of people. George is one of them. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. I've been watching the draft for many years, never enjoyed it as much as I did this year on the podcast. Thank you all for the great work you guys all did. Keep up the great work. That's amazing. Means Humbling. a lot, my friend. Thank you, George. Yep. Really means a lot. Tons of uh, an outpouring of positivity and compliments from Broncos country on how we covered the draft this year. So that means the world to us. All right, let's see. I'm going to have to go back and grab a bunch of supers while, or I should say before I do that, let me grab Terry. Up in Canada, proving the Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Appreciate you, my friend. Remember the like button. That's right, you guys. It's right there, Broncos country. Make sure you hit the like button, whether you're watching on YouTube, Periscope, wherever. It's crucial. It's an easy way to support what we're doing. If you like what Zach and I are doing here, you might not agree with everything we say, right? And that's part of what makes this podcast so fun and engaging. I think why so many people like it is you get to affect the conversation. You might not agree with this, but we're always going to tell it to you true. And at least on my part, even if it's something that isn't maybe let's say maybe it's a little bit negative, I'm going to try and put a positive spin on it because I am the glass half full type of guy, Zach. It'd be no fun if we all agreed about everything though, Chad, you know, discussion and and the dichotomy and that makes it interesting and fun. So bring it on. All right. Dave D and Callie jumping in $5 super. Thank Thank you, Dave. Dave. The tight, end, the tight end pick baffled me. Now they need to purge the tight end room. Excited about the draft picks, but we'll temper it until I see performance. And I think yeah. that's fair, Zach. I mean, they can cut Hireman. They can cut Butt. They can cut Fumagalli. I, two of those three will be gone. I mean, Hireman's a goner. I'm surprised they couldn't trade him for a bag of, you know, a, a bag of chips. But Butts, I think, minus a miracle turnaround, he's going to be gone. Fumagalli is on the thin ice right now. They're going to thin out the tight end room. And I think the only players that are safe, chat are Albert O, Fan, and Nick Vanette. That's pretty much it. Well said. That's just the truth right now. All right, let's grab DH3. The stream passed by your your chat card, but we're going to still give you that love because you're showing the love first and foremost. Thank you. Thank you. The general consensus was that Elway had to trade up to get one of the elite wideouts in the draft, kept his poker face on and landed his guy at 15 added much needed speed. Well said my friend. And that's one thing you do got to tip your cap to Elway on because I believe this is one of those rare cases where, you know, they lie. GMs have to lie a lot during the pre-draft process when they do public appearances, radio hits, interviews, whatever. They do have to not quite tell the truth perfectly. But when Elway said after this draft that Jerry Judy was their top-rated wide receiver on the board, I believed him. Now, I know that it was dang close based on what Elway said between him and CeeDee Lamb, but if you can stand pat at 15 and get the with a terrible need on your roster at this point, get the guy that you have top-rated the position in the entire class, that's a massive victory. 
Yeah, you know, I like to think I have a pretty good handle on the Broncos and what they're going to do in the draft, but he surprised me that way. He made me eat my words. I was wrong about them trading or needing a trade. He really let the board fall to him in every round, uh, let the capital stay where it was, and he got players at great positions. So I give Elway a ton of credit there for sticking to his convictions and not making trades based off impulse, Chad. Well said. Nate jumping in with a $20 super. Thank, Thank you, Nate. Nate. Amazing. And by the way, this is to each and every one of our Super Chat superstars. Make sure if you're on Twitter, you reach out and connect with us. Let us know who you are so that we can tag you after the podcast. He says, I have to admit, as a Penn State and Broncos fan, I was excited about the pick, talking about Hamler. Although I am biased on this pick, great work, guys. Appreciate that. Yeah, Hamler, again, this is one of those scenarios where even though I'm not loving the pick, it has almost nothing to do with the player. The player is a fine, speedy, dynamic, explosive, phenomenal playmaker, and any offense, especially a growing offense with a quarterback still, you know, in its developmental curve, needs that type of playmaker. And Hamler, I mean, the only thing you can really say about him is his hands, right? He's got his his drop rates a little bit too high. So as long as Pat Shermer has a plan on terms of how to use Hamler and really use him more than just as any kind of gadget guy, like think back to Isaiah McKenzie. And as long as Zach Azani has a plan to fix those hands, he could be a home run pick for this team. Or he can be a bust, and that's where I'm concerned. I don't think he will be, but you look at Carlos Henderson, Isaiah McKenzie, even Deshaun Hamilton, who came from Penn State. They haven't had the greatest careers in the NFL, at least for Hamilton's sake, to this point. I like what Hamler brings to the table. I've always wanted more juice, more explosion, but could you have got a speedy wide receiver in the fourth round, the fifth round? Could you have waited and taken a safety like Jeremy Chin in the second or a cornerback or an offensive tackle? That's where I differ. I like Hamler. I just don't like who they passed up to right. take him in that spot. Exactly. Terry jumping in with a $20 super earlier in the show. Wow, thank, thank you, my you Terry. Speed, precision, and power on offense now. New low-key toys for Don Fangio's defense. Hashtag state of being, hashtag Broncos world. Terry's overall grade, yep. B+. Plus. So he's I'm actually right your overall grade, Zach. Yeah, I'm right there. I mean, you got faster on offense. You added, you know, starters to the offense. You gave Vic Fangio toys and projects on defense. You can't really hate it. I think it's a B plus with the potential to be an A in the future. All right. Let's let me back it up just a few more here. Wow. We actually have a lot to get to here. So there was uh Terry. Let me grab Christopher. Good problem to have. Yes, bear with us for a second here, guys. We're going to get to each and every one of you. You know how we do it here on the Huddle Up podcast. Little typo. Let me get that out of there. All right, Chris. Jumping in, $20 super. Appreciate you, bro. Coming uh, coming for a Mount Rushmore spot. Okay. All right, dude. (laughs) We, We feel you. Just keep it coming. And there's room for a lot of people. Again, it's the mile high huddle. Okay, so there's a lot of room up there. Felt that we could have traded up to get some better talent in day one or two. Otherwise, love some of these picks. We love some of these picks too. We really do. You know, we're not. Ju- we're just not going to sit up here and lie to you that we absolutely are going gaga over every single pick the Broncos made. And most of the time, with only one or two exceptions, it's because of what they left on the board. We felt like there was probably better options at the time. But yeah, Zach. And by the way, Chris. Just keep it coming, man. Keep coming into these chats and keep it strong. And I have no doubts that you will end up on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, they didn't have to trade in hindsight. They, they let the board fall to them. There was a ton of talent. The draft really broke the Broncos' way, Chad. They got very fortuitous the way the board played out, but they just end up passing on certain players and certain talent, and they took another wide receiver, another tight end. You know, They just could have waited. That's where I 
you know, disagree with that that strategy. Speaking of Mount Rushmore, Stu jumping there near the top rope as usual. You know, we appreciate you, my Thank brother. You, Big shout out to MHH and the team on the phenomenal draft coverage. Bravo to everyone. Greatest draft I have ever wow. watched. That's cool. That's really cool, man. You hear things like that and, you know, it's it's hard for me to reckon with and wrap my brain around. But all I can tell you is that it means the world to us to hear that because, you know, when we first started Mile High Huddle back in September of 2014, okay, we were the brand new kids on the block, had no social media following. We had nothing except for our collection of talent, okay? And so the way we decided we were going to kind of make our name for ourselves early on was with our draft coverage. And I think we've always done a really good and comprehensive job, but over the years adding guys, Eric Trickle's been with me since day one, but adding guys like Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler and Lance and now Luke Patterson and these true draft analysts who scout the class spend a lot of time doing that has only made it that much better and is why you guys were able to enjoy it as much as you did this last year. It adds up and uh, we appreciate that, Stu. I mean, I had a hell of a fun time, Chad, being on here and talking, watching the draft, talking with you guys. But I got to tip my cap personally to Nick, Carl, and Eric specifically for their draft coverage. I learned so much by watching them, by listening to them, by hearing the way they describe prospects. So they did a great, great job, and I think they deserve uh, the bulk of the credit for this draft this year. But we all had fun. It was all great. And by the way, for those of you who missed it, so Thursday night we decided, and this was my fault, it's my decision, I knew that there would be risks streaming the draft live because we, we we were all on the, the screen as you see it now. Most of you already know this, but we had a little window, a little screen share that was actually streaming the draft. So as each pick came in, you'd hear who it was, and then we'd analyze, mute it, analyze, et cetera. And I knew that there, I was running a little bit of a risk in doing that because of potential copyright claims. I, I knew that. However, what I really didn't uh, fully appreciate was – how hard I thought I'd get some kind of a warning or something, worst case scenario, a strike, but most strikes are a warning. Facebook came down hard out of the blue. They just closed, closed it down. They dropped the Hamler, Chad. (laughs) They dropped the (laughs) Hamler. So anyway, a lot of you who are used to watching the show on Facebook, you're going, where the heck has MHH been on Facebook? We can't even share an article. We can't post anything. So some of that from what I've been able to gather again, I've tried, I spent almost all of Thursday night, and all of Friday trying to get me and talk to me and see what I could do to fix that to no avail. And based on what I've seen, some of those strictures should come off tonight, but we're not going to be able to live stream on MHH Facebook until May 1st. So if those of you listening to this after the fact, make sure you keep that in mind. All right. WE jumping in $5 super. Thank Thank you. you, my friend. You, you are becoming one of our superstars. I'm still underwhelmed with our cornerback room, considering how deep the AFC West got. Too many unknowns. There are a lot of unknowns, and one of the things Fangio said, to paraphrase him after the draft when he was asked, basically, how come you didn't do more at cornerback, is that he said, look, we have a lot of young guys on this roster that just basically need to step up. Like They they were drafted or they were brought here, guys like Duke Dawson, Devontae Harris, too. They were brought here to make a contribution because we believed in them, and this is a show of our faith in them that they have the ability to be those players that we thought they could be, that they haven't quite been yet. And I think Michael Ojemudia, though, he could end up becoming the sleeper pick of this entire class. But right now people are kind of, eh, 
whatever about him, he could become, and I know Elway, he could be that guy that two years from now you're going, thank God John Elway drafted this dude because he could be a sleeper to actually steal one of the starting spots this year, not from A.J. Bouye, but from Bryce Callahan from a Devontae Bosby. And I agree with that, and I agree with the premise that the Broncos cornerback depth chart is underwhelming, and that's why a guy like Bassin could step right in as an undrafted free agent and be that guy. Every year there's one undrafted guy who wins a roster spot. He could be that guy this year. I think Devontae Harris, a guy like Drew Dawson, he really didn't impress me that much, Chad, in what I saw from him last year. So he's easily replaceable. I still want another veteran. I still think they should have signed a Mukamara, but, you know, someone like Ojemuda or, or someone like Bassing as an undrafted guy, he can push for a roster spot. So it, it's exciting in a sense. Yeah, keep that in mind too. Great point bringing up Bassey because as Eric talked about today, this was a corner that a year ago was viewed as a potential day one prospect that ended mm. up slipping completely out of the draft. I'm sure there were a variety of reasons why NFL teams got scared from uh, scared away from him, but his tackling probably being chief among them. If the Broncos can, and if anyone can get a DB to start tackling right, it's probably Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel. So who knows how that competition could shake out. Jamal jumping in, $5 super. Appreciate you, bro. Do you think the Broncos should have drafted a legitimate left tackle instead of a wideout in the second round? Enjoying the MHH. Good to hear. That's one of the things Zach and I didn't like about the Hamler pick. We felt like there were other considerations that should have taken precedent in round two. And to be frank with you, even though we've both been telling you guys for the last four months that internally the Broncos don't view the tackle position with anywhere close to the level of panic that fans do, yeah. I still thought they would add one more. I thought they'd get one offensive tackle, and that was their best, their, their, their best chance to get the best possible one. Yeah, at least. I'd have to see who was on the board at that point when they took Hamler, but if it was someone like Josh Jones, I don't know offhand who was on the board, but yeah, I'm with you. They should have addressed the offensive line first. I've been saying it, a tackle and a center, at least in this draft. You could have drafted two tackles. You don't have any depth behind Garrett Bowles and Juwan James, two perpetually injured guys. I I don't understand it. I like Hamler. I don't like ignoring offensive tackle. So Garrett Bowles, I mean, here's the thing. People, that was one of the biggest tweets I responded to multiple times on Twitter after the draft concluded. And it's like, look, here's the thing. The Broncos like Garibalds. He was their first round pick. They believe in him. They brought in Mike Munchak specifically to help Garibalds. And guess what? He showed under Munchak, took a little time, but eventually down the stretch, he showed exactly what the team wanted to see. I still, you know, if I had to place a wager on whether or not they end up picking up his fifth year sometime in the next week, I'm going to bet that they do. And Broncos fans are going to hate that. And I don't blame you because Garibalds has built up an enormous amount of antipathy from the fan base based on his holding. But nevertheless, that second round pick, it, I don't know who was on the board. But even like later on, Zach, off, I'm like you, offhand, I can't tell you right now off the top of my head who which tackles were available. I know there were quite a few, though, at pick 46. But even later, like Prince uh, Tiga Wanaga or whatever from Auburn, who lasted until almost the entire draft, Broncos had multiple opportunities to draft him. I don't know what everyone was so scared off about him, but nevertheless, that was an issue that stuck in our craw a little bit and probably why Zach's is a B plus. One of the factors as to why Zach's is a B plus, mine's a B minus. Jason jumping in, $20 super. Thank Thank you, you, my friend. Liked the draft that Elway and the staff put together. His grade is an A to an A plus. Hashtag Broncos country. And Zach, I think it's cool that, you know, again, the takeaway for fans at this point is I think guys are excited. There were so many dynamic athletes that were drafted in this class from Judy to Hamler to Albert O. 
getting Cushenberry in the third round, getting Muti in the sixth. I mean, you want to talk about building the nest? That's how you do it. Yeah, that's exactly what they had to do, and I, that's why I'm so happy. That's why uh, I didn't agree with some of the picks, but the fact that Broncos stuck to their strategy, stuck to their guns, and helped out Drew Locke and committed themselves to their franchise quarterback, it gets a B-plus on that merit alone. And getting Jerry Judy where they got him, Cushenberry, Muti, great value, great instant impact players. It's hard to hate on their overall haul, Chad. J-Step jumping in, $5 super. Thank you, my Thank friend. You. Becoming one of our superstars here. He says, hey, guys. Crazy draft. Thoughts of who the odd man out is in the tight end room. Hashtag state of being. Well, first and foremost, barring a miracle, you know, the Broncos opened up a window, or I should say the football gods opened up a window and have poured the Broncos out a blessing with Lloyd Cushenberry. It, they need that kind of, I should say, but needs that kind of a miracle to yeah. stave off being a, a, a casualty in 2020. So I would say the most under threat guys, <clears throat> you know, it doesn't take, you don't need to be Sherlock Holmes to deduce this, but, but Fumagalli and probably Andrew Beck are the three that are now under the most direct threat because of the Van Nett and Albert O additions. I'd say Hireman. Yeah, Hireman, but to me, are goners. Fumagalli could hang around. Beck could play fullback, too. And after dealing Janovich, they need a fullback. So he could stay on that premise alone. But yeah, Hireman has to be gone. They should cut him now and use that money to sign Jason Peters. It's just an, a no-brainer move. But yeah, he's gone, I think. But he, he won't show enough to stick around. And maybe Fumagalli could be on the chopping block as well. They're going to overhaul that room come summer, if not sooner. Justin Ansel jumping in, $10 super. Appreciate you, my friend. Hope everything's going good with the restaurants. What's up, guys? I love the draft overall, but could have been even bigger without some picks. My question is, why reach for a guard with a long, long injury history? And then it cuts him off, but he says, is it low risk, high reward? Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. So here's the thing with Muti is – I'm As I said earlier in the show, I am 100% on board for the Broncos taking him in the sixth round. Now, if he would have been in the top 100, I would have been like screaming from the rafters, have you seen this dude's injury jacket? Like this dude missed the last two years with serious injuries. So because of where they took him, I'm A-OK with it. Right. It's a boomer bust pick. It's a um, – it might be a higher – well, because of where they, t- they took him, it's low risk, but it's right. high reward. My question right now isn't any of that in terms of value. My question is, how does he fit? Because you answered and solved the entire starting five when you drafted Lloyd Cushenberry. Bowles, Reisner, Cush, Glass. Be a rotational backup guy for Mm. the next couple of years. That might end up being, unless he can straight up beat out a Dalton Reisner or a Graham Glasgow. And if you believe some of the hype out there in terms of what is – ability is as an interior player he might be able to we'll see that's a good point it's like even if he develops ahead of schedule he's not going to start this year he's not going to beat out riser not going to beat out glasgow who the broncos invested in but the thing is you draft him in the third round i'm screaming i'm hating it i'm panning it but as a six round pick you have nothing to lose and everything to gain it doesn't work out you didn't invest much if it does work out with his injuries you can get a potential long time backup fringe starter can never have too much of that I just feel like the Broncos were so uh, hurt and they have such PTSD over their injury history with linemen that they want to have as much as possible. And that's how you have to approach it when you have a young franchise quarterback. Mootsy, if he could just avoid the histories, he's a mauling blocker with a ton of upside. He could be a starter. I love this pick, Chad. It's all upside to me. You lose nothing if it doesn't pan out. Our friend on Twitter, 
Vote Moose 80 jumping in, superstar, bona fide, MHH, Mount Rushmore caliber, reminding us, of course, this was many minutes ago, but we forgot the fifth rounder, Justin Stur- Sternad. We, we nailed it down before we yeah, hopped on live, and now I'm confusing myself. Sternad, right? Yeah, I guess. All right, we'll let's grab. Justin S. Appreciate that, Steve. Yeah. James jumping in from across the pond. Appreciate you, my brother. Thank you. Assume, and by the way, I hope I really do appreciate your help in the MHH Superfan Facebook group because I can't do anything un, in there right now. I'm completely locked out. Um, so appreciate you, James. Assuming Muti has a red shirt year, probably not fully healthy till October. Who becomes the odd man out on the offensive line? Does Reisner move to tackle eventually? That's an interesting possibility that comes up is that maybe the when you make a pick like that, you have to hedge against what's the worst case scenario? Bust, right? And what's the best case scenario? Best case scenario is you hit on this dude. And again, how does he fit? Maybe part of that rationality was, you know, in a worst case scenario, if he just makes it undeniable in training camp or later on, whether it's this year, or next year, whenever, maybe, and Garrett Bowles is locked in on a fifth year option or whatever, and things get sideways, maybe we bench Garrett Bowles, put Reisner at left tackle and Muti at left guard and so on and so forth. But what's great, Zach, what, no matter what the rationale was, what's great is if they end up hitting on this guy and he can fend off the injury bug, you've got a really, really good right. swing guard. Waiting in the rafters. At least. But what pisses me off, though, Chad, is we shouldn't even be having this conversation right now. The Broncos should have drafted a pure tackle or two and just put him behind Garrett Bowles and Juwan James instead of wondering if we're going to move Reisner, move uh, Muti, move whoever on the offensive line. Just draft a tackle, sign a tackle, develop a pure tackle. Don't start converting players. I want to leave Reisner where he is, and I'm assuming that Muti is hedging against Glasgow being a bust at guard, Chad. I mean, there's no guarantee he's going to work out for the long haul. So given Muti's injury history bring him along slowly no pressure he could be glasgow's replacement in two or three years okay we got to get through these next few rapid fire because we're getting long here derek jumping in again appreciate you derek it also it almost makes me wonder with all the drafted offense whether pat Shermer is going to tweak his offense and run drew out a shotgun like he was in college guaranteed derek that's going to happen in fact um spread basically within a kind of west coast constraint is what Shermer likes to run a lot of shotgun. And so that's going to be what you're going to see from drew. You're, I think you're going to see drew lock line up in shotgun, probably 60% yeah. within somewhere in the sixties percentile when it's all said and done. And yeah, I mean, a lot of speed, you're going to be creating a lot of spacing issues for defenses, vertical, horizontal. It's going to be a nightmare. So long as the trigger man really turns the corner, like we all right. think he will. Right. It's not going to matter what plays they call if Locke doesn't develop. But yeah, a lot of shotgun, a lot of moving pocket, a lot of RPOs. You're going to see a lot more of a dynamic, fast-paced offense than you've seen in years past. I'm excited about that aspect, Chad. James, jumping back in. Appreciate you. Thank you, James. Some of the picks took me by surprise, but really appreciate the effort by Elway to build around Locke. Great work by MHH over the past three days. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's the that should be the biggest takeaway coming out of yep. this draft. Hashtag build the nest and you don't invest that kind of draft capital in the way they did if you don't believe in Drew Locke. So these clearly Elway is telegraphing how much he believes in in Locke as, as the guy. 
And for context, Aaron Rodgers literally begged the Packers to get him some wide receiver help. What they do in response, took a first-round quarterback, took a, a tight end and a fullback. They didn't help him out at all. But in Drew Locke's first draft, and him being the Broncos quarterback, they got a wide receiver, they got a, a center, they got two wide receivers. I mean, they got another tight end who was his former teammate. They did everything they could to help him out. And that's what I love so much. That's the most important thing is why this class is at B-plus, A-minus fringe. All right, TG, and I agree. Philip, thank you for the support there for, for Lance. TG jumping in, super chat, superstar, thank Mount you, Rushmore, $10 super. He says, I give it an A minus. The only one I didn't like was Ajim at uh, pick 95 as a huge reach. A lot of people felt that way about Ajim. A lot of people wanted, if you're going to go defensive line there, Murchison from, what was it, NC State. And even if you didn't want defensive line there at 95, there were a lot of options, including ADG. That's what I was hoping for at 95 was Akeem Davis-Gaither. And when he went um, beginning of, of day three, yeah, beginning of day three, my wife can attest to you. I was sitting here, right here, <laughs> and I'm watching the TV through the door, and the pick comes in, and I literally shouted an epithet, and, <laughs> you know, he's gone, so – it was a reach, and they reached for the cornerback as far as I'm concerned. But listen, this is one of those things, if they turn out, they pan out, we're not going to remember or care where they were drafted. We're all going to lob the pick. So I hope he does work out his team. And if any, he's going to work out for anyone, Chad. It's in Vic Fangio and Bill Kolar's scheme. All right, let me see here. It skipped over a few more people. So let's grab this trio here, and then we'll go back. Josh, jumping in. Appreciate <laughs> you, my you, friend. Josh. Waiting on my dad hat. Till then, you get Hans Klopek. Who's Hans? Who's Hans Klopek? I I do not know. Is that the avatar right there, or is that is that Josh? Maybe it is. Maybe it is. But Josh, just be patient. The fulfillment service that we use because yeah. of what's going on around us right now that shall go unnamed. There are slight delays in uh, shipping things out. So when I say slight, I mean very slight delays. But you will be seeing it very very soon, my brother. Yeah, they're getting turned around right now. As a matter of fact. David jumping in, super chat, superstar. Appreciate you, bro. $10 super. Will Albert O be the tight end two in our offense, in our probably meant to say new new offensive? Um, I don't think he will be out of the gates. I think that's going to be Vanette because for the most part, when you when they do have two tight ends on the field, that second tight end is going to be someone who needs to be relied on to block today. Not a guy who has some upside and a lot of potential to block and, you know, puts in an effort a guy that has some polished acumen to block today. So I think that's going to be Vanette in 2020, barring something completely unforeseen happening in training camp. 2021, I think the answer is probably yes. It makes me angry, though. They paid $7 million, whatever it was, Chad, for Vanette to be a blocker. They could have just drafted Albert O and saved the money. So in Shermer's scheme, the only one who's going to eat at tight end is Noah Fan. But I agree with Chad. Come 2021, Albert O was a pick for the future, not necessarily this year. All right, I'm just doing some quick scroll back here to see what we missed. Looks like Nad Ludlow, $2 super, no comment. Nad, we appreciate you, my friend. Let me just, because I don't want to upset tradition, grab Gavin here, Zach, while I put in uh, our friend Nad. Yeah, Gavin dropping a couple bucks. We appreciate you, Gavin. That's amazing. Uh, he goes, uh, feel like we should have traded up in the first for a linebacker. And I respectfully disagree with that. I think the Broncos don't need a linebacker. They just need to trade up for one. Uh, so I think they went with the right direction and path with Judy at 15, Chad. Forgive me. There's been so many news stories and little rumors that have come out since the draft. I can't 
remember who to attribute this to, but I know the Broncos, I heard anyway, I should say, the Broncos tried to trade back into the back into the first round for Patrick Queen from LSU. So that might be what Gavin's talking oh, okay. about. Wishing that trade would have happened. I, for one, I'm glad it didn't. Um, but we'll see. That makes sense. Here you go, Nad. Appreciate you, my brother. Um, all right, let's see here. I'm hoping it didn't skip Christy a second time. Let's see. I think it might have, Dak Gummit. Here, grab Mark while I pull in some more here. Zach. Yeah. Uh, Mark jumping in with a $10 donation. Thank you, Mark. Thank You're you, so consistent. You're so amazing. He goes, what's up, my guys? My draft grade, solid A. Judge Judy, love the pick. And the AFC West can judge <laughs> these nuts. I wanted rugs. <laughs> but oh, well, you guys take care. Have a good night. Hashtag football priest. Mark, you never cease or never fail to make us laugh. We definitely appreciate you. You're like the uh, the, the the humor, the comedy relief of this podcast. We definitely right. Thank you, Mark. And sometimes we need that levity, my brother. Sometimes right. we all get kind of Especially serious about football. With what's going on right now, Chad. Yes. All right, Kevin, $5 super. Thank you, Thank my you, friend. Kevin. Great draft, but which undrafted rookies that we just picked up have the potential to make the team and possibly start? I don't think any of them have the potential to start in 2020. Yeah. There's no Philip Lindsay in this group. However, the two that – there's three. There's three. There's Bellamy, the running back, uh, Coleman, the safety – and uh, Bassey, the corner. Those are the three to kind of yeah. keep an eye on. And if anyone, if if one of the other ones, you know, ends up making a play for the roster, then you know that's gravy. But those are the three I'd keep an eye on, Zach. Here's my bold prediction: Bassing and uh, Coleman will make the final roster. Bassing will be the fifth cornerback, spe- special teams guy, and Coleman will be the third safety. The role previously held by Will Parks. So both of them are going to make a push this year. Great, great undrafted pickups. All right, Bry. Appreciate that, my friend. Jumping back Thank in you, on Brian. super chat. I like the Albert O pick a lot. That was 100% for Drew, agreed. And tells everyone Elway's behind him, and if nothing else, it gives Drew more confidence that he's the guy. I think Fair there's point. a lot of truth to that. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, I do like that. They consulted him with that pick, chat. They called him for a scouting report on Albert O, and uh, anything to build around Drew, I, I salute that. So that's a good point. Agreed. All right, let's grab. We're getting really long, but we love you guys, so we're going to see this through. Kevin Peterson jumping in, $10 super. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate you. Thanks for your coverage in the draft. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Clearwater, Florida. Hashtag state of being. Awesome. That's good to hear, my friend. You know, we really, really appreciate you and hope everything's going okay down there. Let me grab this fella. Colton jumping in. Top roping it like a stud. Appreciate that $10 super. Just got to support the boys. I think we're going to shock the world. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Zach, is this a team that's fixing to shock the world? You know what, Chad? There's all the the earmarks of that. They have the talent in place. They have the mindset in place, most importantly, with Elway on down. They could be, you know, the year of Patrick Mahomes, the year of Lamar Jackson. It could be the year of Drew Locke. I would not be surprised if they won on a major Titans-like run. But at the very least, I predict a playoff season for Denver getting back on the NFL map and becoming relevant again. And most importantly, Chad, making all these haters eat their crow. Amen. Chris jumping in, $20 super. Thank, thank you. you. That means a lot. Seriously, dude, thank you. Loved most of the picks and loved your draft coverage even more. Bummed we couldn't get Jeremy Chin in the third, but happier than I thought I'd be after the Hamler pick. We just got explosive on offense is how it finishes there. Thank you, Chris, and I don't disagree with you there. 
Yeah, I, I would have liked Chin too, probably more than Hamler in the second round, but we can't hate Chad on having the speed on offense and these weapons for Locke. Yep, and Elway has since talked about that multiple times, how important it was to the Broncos to get an infusion of speed at the wide receiver position. So uh, Dave D jumping back in and Cali, appreciate you, you, my man. brother. Love the draft coverage, guys. Coverage, A-plus, picks, a B. Hey, it's, we'll take it. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate that a lot. Um, Colton jumping back in again. I watched the draft here. So more love, guys. I'm sorry. That's BS. About Facebook. Oh, what happened? okay, good, good, good. Yeah. See, this is why, you know, Zach, you want to talk about compliments and yins and yangs? This is why I need Zach. Sometimes he has to interpret these for me because I miss it on the first swing. It's the pilot, co-pilot connection, Chad. You need both of them to fly a plane. That's right. All right, let's grab our friend Dale, one of our true super uh, chat superstars, MHH Mount Rushmore, across the Pacific, living the dream in Hawaii. DW96734 wow, wow. jumping in with That's a very generous. Wow. Super. Thank you, thank Dale. You, you know, we appreciate you, bro. And by the way, you didn't reply to my last email, dude. When I emailed you, you didn't reply to me. I'm sitting here eating my heart out. Come on, dude. Understand the log jam points. Cleveland, a third speed tight end. Three tight end sets with Sutton presents huge problems when all three can blaze. How does the opposing defense match up? DBs, bear with me, get owned by size. Linebackers get owned with speed. Albert O with Locke, one of three receivers uh, was a TD. One of three receptions with Locke for Albert O were touchdowns. Okay, I got you. Fair points. I mean, I don't know how much uh, Cleveland ends up being a, a speed tight end. I haven't heard that they're going to try and convert him to tight end. And off the top of my head, I want to say he's 6'2". Let me see if I have it in this article that's in front of me. I don't, but I haven't heard anything about him being moved to tight end, but your point is still the same. That's what the Broncos are looking for. They're looking for those combinations of size, speed, height, weight, speed that can be game plan to create mismatches in, in matchup nightmares for opposing defenses. Yeah, hey, I'm not sure that Cleveland will make all that impact this year. He might be a practice squad guy if he, if he even you know if he even does anything this year. But if you can't have Cortland Sutton on the field, Noah Fan on the field. Then you have Tim Patrick, Deshaun Hamilton. You have speed and size everywhere. Hamler, Judy. You just can't cover everyone. So even if Cleveland doesn't pan out, they have a ton of pieces on offense. It's so versatile, they can create problems no matter who they're facing on defense. All right, let's grab Jose here. Appreciate that. Thank Five dollars super. Muti, the guard from Fresno State, could be a steal of the draft class if he can stay healthy. Agreed. Amen to that. This was one of those picks that uh, both Zach and I were 100% sharing a brain on. We're really excited to see him compete, and hopefully he gets back to 100% in time to make an impact on this year's offensive line. Christy jumping back in. I'm sorry we the stream jumped you, but, you know, we, we, uh, we love you. $20 super. She Thanks. says – a B minus on the picks. She agrees with me. Just have to wait to see how some of them turn up. A plus on the coverage from Huddle Up and MHH. Awesome. We love hearing that. You know it. Um, okay, so now it caught up to the stream. So let me see what's left. We're getting really long. I do have to get going here very soon. Boo. I know. I wish it could be six hours every single time, like Thursday or uh, Friday and and Saturday. All right, there was Mark. <laughs> Mark, you crack us up, dude. 
Uh, bear with me one second here. So many comments. Super chat superstar Ron Dub jumping in. Ten bucks. Appreciate you, Ron. Supporting the channel. A minus for me because of building around Locke. The tight end and wide receiver Cleveland pick were reaches, but I love the speed. Broncos fans can't complain about how about lackluster offense now. Undoubtedly, my friend, and that's the thing. Like both Alberto and Cleveland, from an athletic perspective, from a testing perspective, man. They are explosive athletes. So what they need, more so for Cleveland, a little less so for Malberto, but still both for both of them, <clears throat> they need pro coaches to take that kind of rough shape, right? You know, you find that piece of coal and you got to pound on it, polish it, get that diamond, and it can be done. But that's that's how it works in the NFL. I, I agree with that. They were reaches, but you can't hit on having so many weapons for their young quarterback. And again, just building around that young quarterback, that's the most exciting thing. So if it all comes to fruition, it's because Elway made the investment and stuck to it. TG, appreciate that. $5 super. He says, Zach, I love you, man, but you're always on Garrett Bowles about, about – wait. But you're always on Garrett Bowles about average, but you're okay with our, with our below average inside linebackers. No. Have you been listening to this pod, TG, for the last year or so? I'm one of the biggest Todd Davis detractors out there. I, I want the Broncos to replace him yesterday, but Garrett Bowles is a major liability being the left tackle and the blindside protector who impacts games every single game almost by a snap basis. If he could be consistent, I'll praise him. I'll compliment him, but he has to earn that. It's not given. JP jumping in, $5 super. Thank you, JP. Thank you, JP. Again. Can you give some context as to why tackling is so important for cornerback? I know it's important, but maybe you could shed more light on the topic. Uh, it has to do with the kind of defensive coverages that Fangio likes to uh, deploy. And with his coverage, what's important is keeping the play in front of you. And when that's the case, you know, you're going to have situations where you're going to see a run or a dump off coming your way from a mile and you got to be able to knife through and, make that tackle and limit it from being a a bigger gain. And so that's why it takes such precedence for Fangio. As you say there, JP, it's important regardless of scheme that your DBs can tackle. But for Fangio and any teams that run a lot of zone, it's even more crucial. Yeah, Fangio is really cut from the old school cloth where he likes cornerbacks comping, bumping up and coming up and playing bump and run and tackling and hitting. I mean, he doesn't like cornerbacks that make business decisions and avoid tackling. It's just his style. That's why Chris Harris Jr., I was surprised he didn't thrive more in Fangio's scheme, or at least as an overall cornerback. But um, that's just an emphasis that he places more so than other coaches. And uh, it remains to be seen whether he can pick the cornerbacks that can become contributors and not the next Lang- Langley or Yadam. All right, guys, I think that does it. We uh, we ran a little bit long, so we got to get out of here for now. Um, yep, I'm pretty sure I got everybody. We we got everybody here. So maybe tomorrow night we can save uh, for tomorrow night's show, going through kind of a roundup of what some of the national takes have been on the Broncos draft class overall. Yep. Uh, so stay tuned for that, guys. But we got to get out of here for tonight. Thanks to each and every one of you for joining us. And uh, sorry we weren't able to get to as many just regular comments as we normally like to, but the super chat superstars got to take precedence. They're, they're really showing up and and supporting the cause. So we got to take care of them, but we'll be back in the saddle tomorrow night. So if we didn't get to you, put a pin in it, come back tomorrow night. We'll do what we can. And in the meantime, make sure you're following the show on Twitter at huddle up pond. Make sure you're also following mile high huddle on Twitter. My partner here is at Kelberman at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad and Jensen, 
We'll be back in the saddle tomorrow night, 615 Mountain, 815 Eastern. Mile high salute to all of our Super Chat superstars. And uh, we really appreciate each and every one of you joining us, contributing to the conversation in the chat stream, and making this just always a hour that we circle on our day each and every week that we just look forward to. It's always incredible, Chad. More and more and more so we're saying that to ourselves and off camera, on camera. We do appreciate every comment we get, all the interaction. And, uh, we will see you guys tomorrow to talk more Broncos football. All right, you guys. For Zach, I'm Chad. We'll see you tomorrow night. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs can make a difference every day. That's why we're bringing back our daily medium sub special. Enjoy a different handcrafted medium sub at a special price for every day of the week. From Meatball Monday to Italian Sunday. Get it for a limited time only at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your pickup order.